Welcome back to the Victim to Victor podcast. My name is Anu and I am your host. In my previous podcast episode, I discussed the abstract art of healing, getting rid of past baggage, moving on and how we strongly lead a life of optimism, despite our devastating experiences with domestic violence. If you have experienced abuse and trauma, you may find this episode useful. Now let us rise like a phoenix and get through this pain together. I am a daughter, I'm a sister, a domestic abuse survivor and most importantly a mother of my little boy Noah. The responsibility of a mother is heavy. It is the most time consuming, stressful and ultimately one of the toughest roles in the world. Being a mother is challenging but it is the most precious job in the world, I'm sure you'll all agree. In the habitat of domestic violence, becoming a mother comes with additional hardships. That is why in this episode today, we will discuss how domestic abuse from a partner can negatively affect our emotional well-being, parenting capacity and our ability to respond to the behavioural development of our children. We will draw a concurrence between domestic violence from an intimate partner towards a mother, their child and the direful impact under their household. In a toxic environment, it is essential to understand that not all children respond the same way. Regardless of the response, the child is already in an environment of pain and trauma, from which the extent of repercussions will depend upon different circumstances, such as their needs, their age, gender, how frequent and how damaging the abuse actually is. It is a degree of deep imprint and could significantly vary amongst children. Some children could either become so comfortable with such forms of abuse and inculcate such practices being okay and normal. These children are more likely to compensate for such extreme adverse environments in the future, however, tolerating abuse as an acceptable form of behaviour, or maybe they themselves will become the abuser. However, many innocent children could also go on to develop trauma and withdraw from society experiencing feelings of neglect and suffering from low self-esteem. In some cases, some abusers target one child whilst trying to win the heart of the sibling. An example of this is when a child is being sexually abused by the parent and the parent is trying to buy the son special privileges to increase the son's trust. Now let us understand what particular behaviour creates an unsteady foundation based on trauma in a home featuring domestic violence. Let us talk about the abusive relationship between the abusive parent and the child. Now the attitude portrayed by the abuser is to constantly control the child, such as monitoring every activity and projecting reverse psychology onto them. Another example is refusing responsibility for the child by making age-inappropriate demands, such as expecting children to take care of themselves, violating boundaries, physical abuse and making demeaning remarks. This form of abuse to children is unacceptable. Children living with domestic violence in their household will adhere to devastating and long-term effects and consequences. In a few situations when I've come across survivors of domestic violence, gender has been used as a tool to undermine the mother's relationship with her child by verbally abusing her and saying that she was unfit to be a mother in front of her children. The main reason as to why a partner would abuse his wife in front of children is to reduce the support between mother and child so that they can maintain domination over the household. We can agree that domestic violence creates a context that complicates our relationship with our child. 
a woman's choice to become a mother may be violated through reproductive coercion, contraceptive sabotage, pregnancy coercion and intimidation. The pressures concerning reproductive decision-making and depriving her of the right to choose her path of motherhood. Another situation could be the perpetrator's control of her resources, such as money. There are also incidences when the abusive partner threatens his wife to use violence towards their children. The results of this inhumane act will affect your sentimental devotion towards your children. These abusive partners use our children as bait to tame us and to regain control within the relationship. They abuse our sensitivity towards our children or because of an unethical need for control. It is natural that the wife would want to leave their partner. But leaving our abusive partners would torture our children too, so therefore we may be unable to leave because it could be seen as failing to protect our children. We are the abused, yet we are still blamed for neglecting our children. Apart from physical suppression, there are other ways by which the perpetrator challenges the mother-to-child relationship by trying to create a wedge between them through subtle emotional manipulation. Has your partner ever controlled the time spent by you and your child to prevent you from building a foundation of trust? If yes, then this is an attempt to gain parental favouritism by secluding you from your child. Another issue is mental suppression by directly interfering with your parenting skills. For instance, coercing you to a parenting style you are not comfortable with in order to create a piece of conclusive evidence that you are incapable of taking care of your child. These are all ways of attacking and weakening our self-esteem. A behavioural pattern noticed amongst mothers who are survivors of domestic abuse is striving to be the ideal parent. Despite the difficult circumstances that domestic violence creates, the notion of good mothering seems to refer more to being perfect rather than just being good enough. To be this perfect mother who gets up to clean the house, to cook, to clean and someone who pleases everybody, it's just unhealthy pressure. The pressure to constantly prove our worth, the pressure that we should be constantly on our toes so that we will not be labelled as bad mothers. The stereotypical criterion of a good mother can be super exhausting. On top of that pressure, being a mother who is struggling with physical and mental abuse from her partner may find it difficult to be energetic, patient and fully attentive to her children. We already face difficulty at home. We also have to keep track of all of the various details such as childcare and schooling, our jobs and the constant belittling. Of course, a woman's mothering is negatively affected even further as they struggle to care for their children whilst being targets of violence. One of the other most important themes emerging from society is the idea that a good mother always puts her children first, regardless of the circumstances. This implies that women ought to prioritise their children's needs over their own needs and can often lead to feelings of guilt. Disregarding our feelings, our mental health and telling us that we are not capable is not the solution. It's very important to prioritise oneself regardless of the many roles you play. If you are not stable yourself, then how can you expect to fulfil the other highly demanding roles? The solution, again, is to not belittle ourselves. Instead, a great support system amongst the father, mother and child is the solution. One of the basic agendas of every mother bearing domestic violence is to shadow their respective children from similar treatment. 
to be hypervigilant with the activities undergoing in their homes, monitoring the partner's moods, behaviours and predicting forthcoming incidents of violence. At times, mothers who prevent their incidences occurring end up behaving in ways that would upset or trigger the partner. The mothers experiencing the pressure try to remain quiet and submissive for the sake of their children. However, in a toxic household, an abusive man's violence is often unpredictable and tends to happen regardless of the mother and child's behaviour. During the incident of violence, we try to keep our children either in another room or outside the house, as the maternal instinct is to protect our children. We as mothers often take up the beating on their behalf, the sacrifices of a mother in an abusive household. It is important to remember that a child is a shared responsibility. All of the burden of expectation should not just rely on yourself as a mother. My only suggestion to this crisis is to create a support system in this society. Talk to someone you trust, hire a professional to help you. Your mental health matters. No one should ever feel alone in this battle. If you want to know how I survived uh, domestic abuse, my personal experiences and how I emerged from the excruciating pain, then you may want to read my book, which is now available on audio. And the link is in the description below. If you have been in an abusive relationship and are looking for some healing, then I have a free 12-week self-development plan to guide you in bringing out the superwoman hiding inside of you. The link is in the description below. Thank you for listening to the podcast episode. Please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and do not forget to follow our Instagram and Twitter pages at healing.journey. I will be back with another podcast soon. Until then, take care, stay blessed and stay empowered.